Hey, pop quiz. How many congressional seats are on the ballot on November 8th? The answer is 470. Did you get it? Don't worry, I didn't know either. It's all of the House seats and more than a third of the Senate. So today, we're doing Not Past It trivia, election style. We'll cover some political ground, but we've also got questions about Pecan Pie, Madonna, Star Trek, plus some truly wild political slogans from history that you're not gonna wanna miss. Feel free to play along as you listen. Put that knowledge to the test. From Gimlet Media, this is Not Past It, a show about the stories we can't quite leave behind. I'm Simone Polanin. And for this special election trivia episode, we're working in collaboration with headcount.org. They're a nonpartisan organization that helps people register to vote. Go to headcount.org to check your voter registration status, find your polling place, and see what's on your local ballot. And go vote on November 8th. All right, this game show is coming up, so stick around. I'm Simone Polanin, and I approve this break. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Ballot one time on Friday. Participating McDonald's through 1231.24 excludes tax must update rewards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's time to meet our trivia players. Joining us today are Emma Choi and Mike Danforth, who work on NPR's hit show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mike is the executive producer of the show, and Emma, the show's former intern, now hosts a spinoff podcast called Everyone and Their Mom, while still being in college. Very impressive. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, I first wanted to ask, since we are doing election trivia, I was curious about the first election that you voted in. Do you remember your first time voting? I remember mine, but it was a it was a very long time ago. And I'll just own that. <laughs> <laughs> it was for Bill Clinton. And it would have been in like nineteen ninety two. Jesus. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't realize we were talking to a relic today. Oh, my I know. God. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Let me head oh, wow. back Ouch. to my exhibit at the museum. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> my first election was the 2018 midterms, because I turned 18 then. Um, and I voted in the grand old state of Virginia, and uh, it was great. That's adorable. Do you remember how it <laughs> felt to, like, cast your vote for the first time? I like getting the sticker. <laughs> right, Mike? Do you get the sticker back then? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or was it just like glue and parchment? Yeah, we just got, <laughs> yeah, we got stickers. Had they invented stickers by 1992? <laughs> they did, yeah, they did have stickers. Otherwise, they would just put a brand on you. It was a real hot poker that they would just mark. So it's very, <laughs> oh, wow. you'd never forget it. That's rustic, yeah. It was Iowa. So we've got four rounds of questions coming up and a special prize for whichever one of you emerges the victor. Do you want to know what is at stake? Of course. Yes. The winner of this competition will win the opportunity to get up on their soapbox and give us their best 20-second pitch for what subject they think should be taught in history class. Okay. So in our last trivia episode, our guest had a great 20-second pitch for the topic of her choice. She thought it was important that kids today learn about Benefer, <laughs> Ben oh. Affleck, and Jennifer Lopez, of course, uh-huh. uh, because it's a lesson in pop culture, celebrity, media, and paparazzi. Um, huh. and they need to teach that in the schools. Yeah, okay. Well, it's a lot riding on this, Emma. Yeah, I'm, no feeling, I'm feeling the pressure. All right. We're going to get into it. Round one. Our first round is very not past it. It's called This Week in History. I'm going to tell you about a political event that happened this week in history, and then I'll ask you a question about it. Each of you will get your own questions. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, nothing happens. You just don't get a point. Hmm. It's really low risk, high reward. So I (laughs) urge you to go for it. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right. This first question is going to Mike. 150 years ago this week, on November 5th, 1872, the first woman ran for president. Her name was Victoria Woodhull. She was a member of the People's Party. She was also a leader of the suffrage movement, delivering lectures to Congress and rubbing shoulders with people like Susan B. Anthony. So, Mike, your first question is, who did Victoria Woodhull nominate as her running mate? And here's a hint oh, for you. Uh-huh. It was a very famous abolitionist. A very famous abolitionist. I think I know this answer, Mike. So suck it. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> I, I think I know. But Mike, if you get this wrong, you can't call yourself a feminist anymore. Legally. Wow, fighting words. Oh, no. All right, was it Frederick Douglass? <laughs> that is correct. It was Frederick Douglass. (laughs) I snorted too fast. I thought it was Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Oh, you sure did. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. You got it. I can't call myself Um, a feminist. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, though, about Frederick Douglass is that he never acknowledged uh, Victoria Woodhull's campaign, so it was not really a reciprocal uh, relationship. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to move on to our second question, which is going to go to you, Emma. Now I'm nervous. On November 2nd, 102 years ago, Eugene V. Debs received almost 1 million votes for a presidential election. He ran for president on the socialist ticket. But the funny thing is, he received those votes while in prison. (laughs) He was serving a sentence for giving a speech that was highly critical of World War I. So, Emma, your question is, what law did Eugene Debs violate? And I'll give you a hint as well. It's something that a very recent former president is currently being investigated for. Well, it could be a number of things. 
I can see you running through all the criminal charges in your <laughs> <Yeah>. brain. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take a wild stab at it. Is it treason? That is very close, but not quite right. <laughs> um, he was serving time for violating the Espionage Act of 1917. Yeah. Okay, spy. Yeah. It essentially uh, it made it illegal to get or share information that could harm the U.S., and that information could be as simple as expressing dissent, as in Eugene Debs' case. Hmm. Fair enough. All right, moving on to our third question. We're going back to you, Mike. Okay. With every presidential election, there are tons of celebrity endorsements. In fact, in the 1990s, the organization Rock the Vote famously partnered with celebrities to get them to encourage young people to vote. So here's your question. Which celebrity in a Rock the Vote PSA said, Dr. King, Malcolm X, freedom of speech is as good as sex, <laughs> and if you don't vote, you're going to get a spanking. Oh. Who could have said such things? Wow. Um, <laughs> in the 90s, I don't know who else would be talking about sex like that. Or the spanking is kind of, that throws me off. My only guess is Madonna. Mm, that is oh, a very good that, guess. That didn't seem positive when you said that, though. <laughs> it's a good guess because you're correct. <laughs> <gasps> yes. It was Madonna. Uh, in a 1990 music video, Madonna wore a red bra and underwear set with combat boots draped in an American flag while she sang a little Go Vote acapella song. And if you don't vote, you're going to get a spanky. <laughs> Our fourth and final question of the round is going to you, Emma. In the 1850s, the question of Western expansion was gripping American politics, especially because it was also a question about slavery. Were new territories going to use slave labor or not? It was a question that divided political parties. But in the midterm elections of 1858, one political party, a party that was distinct from the Democrats and the Whigs, won control of the House, and won a ton of northern gubernatorial races. Emma, what was that new political party called? Oh, God. Political. Was it the Republicans? It sure was. Okay. Nice yes, work. Great guess. <laughs> Did you know this history about the Republican Party? Uh, no. I guessed. <laughs> I <laughs> great guess. Um, so the Republican Party, they were the anti-slavery party at the time. Abraham Lincoln himself ran on the Republican ticket just two years later in 1860. And in that same election, Republicans would also win control of the House and the Senate. Mm. Okay, that was the end of our first round. So I think this is a good time to check in on our points. Our producer, Naomi, is keeping track. Let's check in and see where we stand. Well, early exit polls are showing that Mike is slightly ahead with two points. Emma, you're close behind with one. Oh, okay. Man. It's real neck and neck here. It's a very Oof. tight race. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, things are heating up and we are heading into round two. Uh, we're going to be breaking from this week in history and now moving on to broader political pastures. Round two. So the name of this next game is called Which Came First? 
I'll name two things, and you're going to tell me which one of them came first in history. And keep in mind, some of these answers might be very close together in time. So can get a little tricky. And this time, Emma, we're going to start with you. Okay. Okay. Which came first? The United States Supreme Court decision that allowed states to bar convicted felons from voting? Or the launch of HBO? Mm, HBO. I'm curious. Why did you pick that one? Because I think that felons cannot vote tickles a more recent memory. Um, And also, I know that HBO is old as hell. (laughs) Well, you are correct. Nice. nice. HBO did come first. Uh, The ruling about felon disenfranchisement was called Richardson v. Ramirez, and it was decided in 1974. HBO was launched by Time Warner in 1972, just two years prior. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Mike, this next one is for you. Which came first? The use of absentee ballots in elections or hmm. the first known recipe for pecan pie? Oh, that's my favorite kind of pie. Me too. Um, hmm. I'm going to guess the pie came first, but that seems like that's what I should guess. Oh, no, Do you think, Emma? Innocent. Like, I feel like that's the one that's, that feels like that should be a yeah. tale as old as time. Is pecan pie final answer? Yeah, I'm sick with pecan pie, for sure. All right. Mike, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Bam! Absentee ballots came first. I was, I was right that I was wrong. <laughs> You know, these are mind games. Yeah. Um, Absentee ballots were first used in 1864 in the Civil War for soldiers who were away from home, Uh, but it was not an option available to everyday citizens. The first pecan pie recipe that resembles what we know today as pecan pie was published in a church cookbook in St. Louis in 1898, a full 30 years later. Huh. But some people say the dish didn't come into its modern form until the 1920s. So it might be even more modern than that. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Yeah, pecan pie is the new girl on the scene. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) All right. We're going back to you, Emma. Which came first? The Help America Vote Act, which created minimum standards for election administration in each state. Or... Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears' iconic matching full denim outfits on the red carpet. Hmm. Well, they definitely influence each other. So that's something. <laughs> yeah, there's a clear connection. There's a clear yeah. connection. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Help America Vote Act. Wait. Gotcha. Uh, uh, oh. I'm, I'm wavering. I'm wavering. Which one mm, came first? Some hesitation. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stick with my guns there. I'm going to say the first yeah. one. All right, Emma, you are incorrect. Dang it. No, I'm sorry. Justin and Brittany's matching denim outfits came first. Huh. Um, that was at the 2001 American Music Awards. Yeah. And the Help America Vote Act was passed the following year in 2002. Okay. Really? See, Mike, you can't play their game. They're going to switch it up on you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's tough. It's tough. All right. For the last question in the round, Mike, we are going Mm -hmm. back to you. Which came first? Our current form of the Electoral College or dental floss? Okay, I'm going to say 
I'm for sure going to say electoral college. And you are correct. All right. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Dental floss was first recommended by a dentist in 1815, but the electoral college, fortified by the 12th Amendment, came to be in 1804, about a decade prior. Wow, I did not know that. I would have assumed dental floss was more recent. Yeah, right? 1815. Like, it's been around. It's been around. 200 years old? That's ridiculous. And they haven't improved the form at all. Right? I know. Hmm. I think that's just a mint flavor. I feel like that's an innovation. You know? Yeah, and then they called it a blast. day for a hundred years. That's like, true. Like, do something new. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are at the end of our second round. So let us check in on points. Naomi, what are the polls saying? Simone, the polls are showing that Mike is still slightly ahead with three points. And Emma, you have two. It's going to be up to a swing state, I think. Mm. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. All it really right. is still anyone's game. <laughs> There are two more rounds coming up, and we're going to get a little more spicy. Hmm. Uh, But before we head into our break, since you guys are both radio people, I'm going to need your help. Uh, This isn't going to be for points, but we're going to have a little competition to see who can throw to the break the best. Oh, terrific. (laughs) Mike, I want to hear this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, do you want to go first? You want to give us a little best take? I am not an on-air person. I'm I am a producer, so I'm behind the scenes. So I don't, I don't, this isn't something that's in my wheelhouse or skill set. <laughs> um, but um, it is something that I certainly heard people do. And uh, to find out how I do it, stick around. We'll be right back. Wow. That was a beautiful build. That, that was quite good. <laughs> yeah. Emma, do you think you can beat that? <laughs> All right, Mike, what do sticks do in the wind? That's right, it's a break. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, hard I to choose between the two. I need to put my seatbelt on for that uh, quick stop. That was, uh, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to leave that one up to the audience. <laughs> Let the people decide. That's the why they're here. Can choose. Yeah. That's what democracy is all about. All right. <laughs> we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Not Past It Trivia Edition. To recap, we're playing trivia with Mike Danforth and Emma Choi from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Mike, you are in the lead with three points. But Emma, you are following closely behind with two. Emma, do you feel like you can make a comeback in this next round? Absolutely. I'm going to wage some psychological warfare, send some vibes out to Mike, really try to get him, you know, to the edge of his psychic-ology, whatever that means. Wow. Mm -hmm. I like the confidence. Well, this next round is called Political IMDB. Round three. I'm going to play clips of four real politicians on TV, and it's a two-part question for you. You'll have to tell me who the politician speaking is and what show they're on, Mm. and you'll get a point for each correct answer. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to play a clip for you. Uh, Mike, this first one is going to be for you, so take a listen, and remember, you're going to tell me who is speaking and what show they're on. Got it. Okay. Let's take a listen. Oh, the campaign is going very well. 
Very, very well. Great. Why? What have you heard? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Tonight, I just want to relax, have fun, not worry about the campaign. So, no politics. No politics. Okay. Who was speaking and what show were they on? That was so hard. That was hard to tell. It was when I heard the second voice that yeah. I figured it out. And I think it's Amy Poehler talking to Hillary Clinton on Saturday Night Live. You are correct on all fronts. Oof. Yes. Oh, Good job. What a relief. <laughs> that was Hillary Clinton on Saturday Night Live. All right, Emma, yeah. you are up next. Uh, and here is your clip. It's hard to understand because I've been doing everything I normally do. I've been watching my diet very carefully. I exercise regularly. My only indulgence, I guess, would be that I eat a lot of frozen yogurt. But it's not fat. <laughs> fat yogurt? What the hell? All right, Emma. Who was speaking and what show were they on? It sounded like a Boston accent. I think it's The Daily Show because of that last mm. sound bite. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's not him, but I'm guessing Ed Markey, who is my favorite Massachusetts senator, next to Elizabeth Warren on The Daily Show. <laughs> I really like the journey you took to that answer. <laughs> I know it's wrong. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is wrong. <laughs> yeah. You went Boston, but you should have gone a little further south to New York because that was Rudy Giuliani. On Seinfeld. Oh. On Seinfeld. Oh, you should have wow. reversed okay. the questions, ma'am, because <laughs> that, that is contemporary to Mike Danforth's life. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm this sorry. is getting personal Post now. Seinfeld right. person. I'm just saying. Um, well, you know what? I'm just going to move on to the next clip. Um, and Mike, this one is for you. Take a listen. Okay. I'm ready. We are eager to begin diplomatic discussions. Nothing to discuss. United Earth is ready right now to rejoin the Federation. And nothing could make me happier than to say those words. Thank you. Thank you all. Oh, boy. I got nothing here. Who would be a president in a, I guess, a movie where aliens are attacking the Earth so that we need to create a united Earth. Like, who... The Federation sounds like Emma Star Trek, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll guess... Blah, it's Kamala Harris on the new show, Space Force. Oh, man. You had gotten really close because the show was Star Trek... Oh, oh damn it. dang. It, the show was Star Trek Discovery, and the politician was Stacey Abrams. Oh, uh, I should have known that. Emma and I both should have known we that. We both should have known that. It's a tough voice to identify, uh, but yeah. that was Stacey Abrams on the season four finale of Star Trek Discovery, and she was playing the president of United Earth. All right, uh, we've got one more question in the round, and this one is going back to you, Emma. You know, there's an old African proverb that I made up. If you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. We need to go far, quickly. The snack table isn't going to clean itself. Al Gore 30 Rock. Wow, that just, that came right out. That was like, you're that was like, impressive. boom. Yeah. And you're correct. 
Nice. (laughs) That was former Vice President Al Gore on 30 Rock. Sorry. I'm assuming you're a 30 Rock fan or maybe. I'm a huge 30 Rock. That was my favorite show growing up. I knew it. Hey, I knew it before I heard Kenneth Parcell's voice. Wow, incredible. I'm very impressed. (laughs) All right. That brings us to the end of that round, which means it's time to check in on our points. Um, How are we looking, Naomi? You know, Simone, it's still a really close race. Emma, you've got four points. And Mike, early precincts are reporting that you have got five. Wait, really? Oh, man. Wow. You guys are really just neck and neck here. I know. Um, It's been a tight, tight race the whole time. Yeah, this is tough. However, there is one last round. And with it, a big opportunity to catch up. Okay. So, who knows? The the fates may change. The tables may turn. Round In this final round, we are going to be testing your campaign history knowledge. Hmm. I'm going to give you two presidential campaign slogans. Uh, one of them is real, and one of them is fake. You have to decide which is which. Fun. Okay. And you're both going to write down your answers at the same time. We'll reveal what the answers are after you've both written down your choices for each of the five slogans. Got it. So I'll go through all the slogans, and then I'll reveal all the answers at the end. All right. Uh, let's get into some of these slogans and really, truly get yourself ready because you are not you don't know what's coming. <laughs> oh, this is great. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Which one was a real presidential slogan? Don't swap horses when crossing streams or hmm. vote yourself a horse. All right. Moving on to our second pair of slogans. Which of the following is the real one? Make your wet dreams come true <laughs> or full bellies and fat pockets are one vote away. That's extraordinary. Oh my god. I feel like I feel like I, well. I know. I know. Stri- stri- right, Emma? There's like a strategic way to do this. I know. And we have, yeah. But at a case. certain right. point, I've got to follow my heart and do which one I exactly. wish is true. Right? Yeah. Trivia is all about the heart. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our third pair of slogans. Which one is real? Is it, where's the beef? Or more than just peanuts? All right. Moving on from our food-themed slogans to our fourth matchup. These are probably some of my favorites. Which one is the real one? Is it, shame, shame, look at Blaine, a big fat liar from the state of Maine? (laughs) Or, ma, ma, where's my pa? Gone to the White House. Ha, ha, ha. Huh. It's interesting that if the first one is true, then... The campaign slogan would be about the other person, right? Oh, uh huh. You're putting you're you're putting your opponent's name out there, right? And no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you your last pair of slogans here. Our last matchup. Which one is real? In your guts, you know he's nuts. Or <laughs> do we or not do we? That is the question. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, let's see how well you did. So our first 
pair of slogans was, don't swap horses when crossing streams or vote yourself a horse. So Emma, which one did you think was the real one? Uh, I, I chose vote yourself a horse. Vote yourself <sighs> a horse? What about you, Mike? I did. I put. I chose crossing streams, but I think it probably is vote yourself a horse. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, one of you is correct, <laughs> and that person is Mike. Good oh, job, really? Mike. It was the crossing oh, streams. Great. Yep. The real slogan was "Don't swap horses when crossing streams," and this was Abraham Lincoln's slogan in 1864. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Uh, The the slogan was supposed to discourage voters from switching their allegiances midway through the Civil War. Wow. That's what that's about. All right. Let's move on to slogan number two. The options were make your wet dreams come true or full bellies and fat pockets are one vote away. Mike, which one did you guess for this one? I I went with the wet dreams. Uh, And the reason why is because if that's not true— then you guys had to make that up and put that in there. <laughs> so no matter what, even if I'm wrong, it's on you because you put make your wet dreams come true as a slogan. <laughs> it has to be true. Right, Emma? Does that make sense? So <laughs> I yeah, I said the same thing. Yeah. And my reasoning was that I thought maybe there was some kind of flood or like people there were drought and people wanted water and also I also like the idea of you guys making that one up and I wanted to give you my vote of confidence so <laughs> well I appreciate it um and I gotta tell you that you are both correct yay what? Yeah. the real slogan was Who make was your wet dreams come true that was from Al Smith in 1928 oh. who was running for president on an anti-prohibition platform Oh, so that's what that's referring to. There was a to. drought. Okay, a drought of sorts. Yeah, sure, a drought of sorts. Yeah. Oh, uh, I get it. Anti-prohibition. <laughs> the wet dreams are that you get to have a drink, some alcohol, a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beer. Hey, sex sells, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> not quite as sexy as uh, it sounds to us today, but you know, a little scandalous still dealing with yeah. liquor. <laughs> um, all right, so our third slogan matchup. Uh, the options were: Where's the beef? or more than just peanuts. Um, Emma, what did you guess for this one? Um, I said more than just peanuts because I assumed that Arby's would sue if they heard where's the beef. Mm. Mm. I said the same thing. Yeah, I said the same thing. I assumed it was about Jimmy Carter. Went for peanuts. That is a very good assumption. Why Jimmy Carter? Is he from West Virginia? He was a peanut peanut farmer, farmer, I think, right? He was? Yeah. Kind of looks like a peanut, too, no? <laughs> yeah, it's because he's 100 years old. Yeah, I know. Good for him. <laughs> um, unfortunately for you both, the real slogan was actually, where's the beef? Really? Um, it was. And it was a reference to the famous Wendy's commercial, which came out oh. the same year, 1984. Huh. Um, and it was coined by Walter Mondale. Oh, boy. He used it as a way to gesture at what he felt were some insubstantial promises from his opponents. Interesting. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, our fourth matchup of slogans. The options were shame, shame, look at Blaine, a big fat liar from the state of Maine, or mama, where's my pa? Gone to the White House. Ha ha ha. Hmm. Mike, which which little <laughs> which little limerick did you choose? I went with the second one, the mama one. And what about you, Emma? Um, I went with the first one because it's both informative and uh, has a ring in it. 
All right. Well, the real slogan was, Ma, Ma, where's my pa? Gone to the White House. Ha, ha, ha. Mike, you're killing it. I really Um, am. That slogan was from James Blaine in his 1884 race against Grover Cleveland. Huh. Um, And he was actually slinging dirt against Cleveland, who had allegedly fathered an illegitimate child in Ohio. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, airing out his dirty laundry right in his slogan. Very. (laughs) That's rough. All right. Now we're going to reveal the answers to our final slogan matchup and the final question of the whole game. The choices were, in your guts, you know he's nuts, or Dewey or not Dewey. That is the question. Um, Emma, what did you guess? You know, I guessed in your guts, but now I feel like it's the other one. I did the same thing. I also did in your guts. I think Dewey or not Dewey is too clever. Somebody wrote that. That mm. is uh, is someone someone smart wrote that. In your guts feels like that's that's a real slogan. Mm. Well, you guys are both correct. Oh, nice. Yes. It was, in fact, in your guts. You know he's nuts. Uh, That was from Lyndon B. Johnson in 1964, Uh, who was responding to his rival Barry Goldwater slogan, In your heart, you know he's right. Um, And Johnson was calling Goldwater a nut because of his opposition to the Civil Rights Act of the same year. Okay. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Ally. (laughs) Yes. Yes, this is a slogan (laughs) of an ally. (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us to the end of round four and the end of our whole game. Yay! Congratulations on making it to the end. Thank you so much. What a treat. What a treat. (laughs) Do you feel proud of yourselves, you know, like at the end of all of this? Yeah, where are you at emotionally? Well, I guess because I lost, I'm proud of myself because my main goal in this competition was to just confuse you. And I think I achieved that. And I'm happy with that. I feel as a manager, I did a poor job of uh, not... um, I don't know, spotlighting an employee, someone who I admire so very much and wanting to do well. And that's you, Emma. I did a bad job what? by Michael. Uh, trouncing. I assume that I just just beat your ass silly on this thing. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I can't tell if that's like generous or like... like it's shame, a little but... bit of both, isn't it? It's very yeah. nuanced. It's classic Mike. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> well, I will tell you what the final score is, but... Before we get to that, let me just remind you what is at stake. The winner is going to win 20 seconds to give their best pitch for what they think should be taught in history class. And this is truly one of the world's most coveted prizes. So, you know, the stakes are high. Huge. Uh, But let's get to what we're all waiting for, our final scores. Naomi. All right. With all precincts reporting, West Coast included, Mm. it looks like Mike... One with nine points. Oh, nice. Emma, you weren't that close behind with a nice six points. Yeah. Man. Congrats, that was a real Mike. Mike wave. That's great. <laughs> it was down to the wire, but ultimately, Mike, you are the winner of Not Past It Trivia. Yay. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. This is terrific. This feels really good. It feels like <laughs> yeah. I've worked my whole life to get to this point. It's a real slumdog millionaire moment where every experience <laughs> I've had came back to this moment. It really I feel terrific. Wow, amazing. Uh, Well, to top it all off, you have just won 20 seconds to tell us what you think should be taught in history class. We're going to give you a timer. You'll give us your best pitch. Oh, shoot. All right. 20 seconds to talk about something I think should be taught in school. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. You're ready? All right. Your time starts now. 
All right, based on uh, our, my experience here at Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, where we have a writer's room that's always filled with gummy bears, I feel like we need to know more about where gummy bears come from and how they are decided. Where do we get the Coke bottles? Where do the cherries come from? Why are twin snakes so good? And what about those crocodiles with marshmallows on them? Wow. Very good. Incredible. Yeah. The kids need to know. Teach the kids the real stuff. Ideally, you would teach that class and get free candy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I right? see the game you're playing a bit, here. A little bit. Okay. Well, this has been such a thrilling competition. Thank you to you both for joining me. <laughs> Thanks a Thanks lot. Thanks again for having us. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you for having us. Bye. Not Past It is a Spotify original produced by Gimlet and ZSP Media. This episode was produced by Naomi Bronner. Next week. There's no crying or girls in baseball. Sports is the most sex-segregated institution in our society, more sex-segregated than the military. Our producer is Olivia Briley. Our associate producers are Ramoy Phillip and Nick Del Rose. Laura Newcomb is our production assistant. The supervising producer is Erica Morrison. Editing by Katie Feather. Our executive editor is Andrea B. Scott. Fact-checking by Ian Michael. Sound design and mixing by Emma Munger and Bumi Hidaka. Original music by Sax Kicks Av, Willie Green, Jay Bless, Peter Leonard, and Bobby Lord. Our theme song is Toko Liana by Coco Co. With music supervision by Liz Fulton, technical direction by Zach Schmidt, show art by Elise Harvin and Talia Rockman. The executive producer at ZSP Media is Zach Stuart Pontier. The executive producer from Gimlet is Matt Schiltz. Special thanks to Sarah Stewart-Holland, Beth Silvers, Emma Gordon, and to Lydia Polgreen, Abby Ruzica, Dan Behar, Jen Hahn, Emily Wiedemann, Liz Stiles, Ariel Joseph, and Joshua Bianchi. Follow Not Past It Now to listen for free, exclusively on Spotify. Click the little bell next to the follow button to get notifications for new episodes. And while you're there, hey, why don't you rate us five stars? You can follow me on Twitter, at Simone Polanin. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. I don't do a lot of trivia. I don't do bar trivia or pub trivia. Do you do that, Emma? No, I do a lot of crosswords. I know you do crosswords, too. Oh, I like crosswords. Have yeah. you reached genius level on today's spelling bee yet? Not yet, Michael, but soon. Oh.